financial support for this podcast comes from Bo's Restaurant, located at 2304 Thomas Drive in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Bo's is open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and offers some of the best food in the Florida panhandle. For takeout orders or more information, give them a call at 850-775-1828. Also, from our friends at KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC, the next time you're in need of HVAC repairs, please consider giving them your business. Locally owned and operated with above and beyond service any time of the day. Call them anytime at 850-238-5414. There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride On Sports Podcast. I am still Kyle Wright. Whether or not that's a good thing, we're going to find out eventually. I'm here joined today, as always, with Mr. Marcus Wisner. What's going on, everybody? Before we get started, I just want to go ahead and say, Kyle, the interview was absolutely fantastic. Can we all give him a round of applause here? Like, everybody, can we do that? Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, yeah, it was good shit man it was really good i appreciate if you that. didn't listen if you didn't listen to that interview you guys need to do that it, it was really really good stuff um the post that we shared on that it actually before right before this episode we cracked fifteen thousand uh views on it yeah fifteen thousand views the actual interview itself is uh reaching over two thousand so wow. it's pretty good stuff man I'm, I'm really proud of you that was that was a really good interview i appreciate that man it was um i'm not gonna lie you can ask anybody here i was pretty nervous the whole day about it um but there's just there's just something about it man like i mean you know it's hard to talk about yourself in some way but it i feel like this is kind of what i was made to do and right. once that moment happened it was it felt just natural yeah so if you didn't catch it yeah make sure you're obviously you know uh, look on um, our Spotify page. Look on uh, you know on Apple on the Apple Podcast. You know, obviously they're going to have both those interviews on there. And for future future you know interviews or you know, obviously future shows, episodes, everything, follow us on all of our pages. Obviously the Facebook page here, Right On Sports Podcast, the Right On Network page, and then uh, you know Twitch.tv backslash the Right On Network, and then our Instagram and Twitter pages uh, at Right On Sports. I would like to mention that the um, that interview will be like as Marcus just mentioned, um, the audio of it will be on tomorrow. It's a little bit edited because we had some cool video stuff that's uh, only going to be able available to you. But that will be on YouTube. The unedited version, the edited version of the audio will be on Spotify tomorrow. Uh, we'll start pushing that out as soon as we have it. But I mean, it was like they said, it was, it was a great interview. Um, I believe it was Janaris's first like full length interview since he's been on the Minnesota Vikings. So. It was an absolute honor to be able to do that and uh, look forward to pushing that out to you guys if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, um, really good. So as you've noticed, uh, this podcast is just a little less sexy than usual, but it's okay. <laughs> it's a disrespect to our our uh, no, honorary, it, honorary guest here. It's more of a respect. <laughs> it's more of a respect towards Nick. Yeah. Um, we are joined today by new to the show. Uh, he joined us for our NFL draft party, Mr. Drew Gorman. How's it going, man? It's going good, going good. Glad to be back. Glad to be on another podcast, ready to show what I got and have some fun with you guys. We're looking forward now, to it. You, now, oh, what's up? Did you now? Did you actually like invite Drew, or was Drew just standing there, like outside, like? Like a lot, like someone lost and was like, "Can I like get on the podcast?" And you're like, "Well, you're already here, so." Well, walking. <laughs> well, earlier walking down the street, Nick just saw me and he was like, "You gotta have him," <laughs> and called <laughs> called Kyle, called Kyle and was like, "Bro, you gotta have him on. He knows his stuff." Did he lure you into his van? Because that's probably not good. Hey, uh... it was a decent looking van. <laughs> good gas mileage. The company pays for it. That's We're good true. to go. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Hey, awesome. That's good stuff. No, good sh- stuff. shout out to Drew last night. Uh, we needed somebody to step up, and um, I, I just want—I wanted to be 100% focused on this interview, and I wanted uh, Atlas to be 100% focused on the production of the interview. So I needed somebody to step up in a big way and uh, come in here and screen some Facebook questions for me for the interview for the uh, fan questions portion of the uh, of that interview. And Drew was yeah. able to step up on short notice and be in here for that. Happy to do yeah, it. Happy to that, do it, Drew, man. 
yeah just just helping out in any way just trying to help out um trying to get in where i fit in as they say last night was huge man it was a big team effort everybody stepped up in a big way um we'll plug obviously more on that uh, a little bit later because it's um it's our first show post draft uh, everything oh. considered um yeah. i mean obviously we went live for the draft last week but this is our first like pure podcast since the draft so we're going to be able to talk a lot more than we did that night uh, we'll be talking about our winners and losers, and of course, we'll be talking a little bit more about Janoris Robinson going to the Vikings. And we're going to give our reviews on our team's draft, which I think we're all kind of a. Uh, I think we have one great, one horrible, and one right in the middle on their team. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I can agree with that. We'll <laughs> see how it goes. But uh, first of all, I want to start with you, Drew, your biggest winner of the 2021 NFL Draft. Going biggest winner. There were a lot of different choices that you could have gone, but to me, it had to be Daniel Jones. And just the simple fact... So you didn't go a team. You went... Didn't didn't go team. Okay. I went player. Because you had... To, just looking at it from a different, different perspective, you had Daniel Jones, who the Giants, they decided, even with Justin Fields sitting there, what did they... Where was it? Let me pull it up. It was like at 11 or 12. They were at 11 because 11, Dallas yeah. had the 10th pick and then Philly had the 12th pick. Trust me. I, I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided, they were like, no, we're good. We're good with David jo Daniel Jones. We're going to trade out and we'll be fine with what we get. Then they proceeded to go and get Shout out to Thickalis because of uh, Florida. But they went and got Kadarius Tony as a weapon just to add to Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and John Ross. And then you add on top of that, he gets Saquon Barkley back, Saquads. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, all they did was load it up on defense. Their next... They got Aziz Ojolari. Then they got a corner, Aaron Robinson from UCF. Then Elder Elser, Ellerson Smith from uh, Northern Iowa, a linebacker. They just loaded up on defense. It was just a great draft by the New York Giants, and it allowed Daniel Jones to just feel comfortable. Marcus, oh, you're not seeing my note in there? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I see. I'm sorry. I pulled off the tab from that. Um, you're good, you're so good. my my biggest winner is the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Um, I think that they 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 didn't have to trade up to get an offensive alignment or a tackle. They didn't have to trade up. There was a little speculation if they were going to try to move up or what the Panay Sewell situation is going to be like. Because you know, as uh, as far as Nick's favorite draft goes, uh, you know, with the reunions and everything. Um, Maybe there was some talk about Justin Herbert being paired up with his old offensive tackle. That didn't happen in that case. Um, they got Rashawn Slater where they were at. They didn't have to move anywhere for him. And then they turned right around Kyle, and they got Asante Samuel from Florida State. That was a great pickup in the second round. I would agree and with then that. In, the third, in the third round, they picked up a wide receiver from Tennessee named Josh Palmer, who um, just reading a little – uh, pre-draft information about him. Uh, Josh Josh Palmer is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the draft. He was just had terrible quarterback play at Tennessee, mm -hmm. and he goes he goes there, and he's going to be um, paired up with Justin Herbert. So that's going to be a, a phenomenal pickup. And then they turn right around after that, and they picked up uh, Trey McKitty, who was a who's a tight end, who's who they, evidently they might he might be replacing Jared Cook um, if if everything goes well. So the Chargers got everything that they needed in their first three rounds. So I, I think that they were they're they're the the winners of this draft, in my opinion. So I um I have the New York Jets as my biggest winner, uh, and this pains me to say because it's hard to uh, it's hard to talk about somebody in your own division in, in a really right. good way. Mm -hmm. um, but they traded away Sam Darnold, so obviously the biggest need right now for the New York Jets is quarterback. They go get, in my opinion, uh, after Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he was the number two pick, so I mean it's pretty. Pretty widespread opinion, but the second best quarterback in this draft. Mm -hmm. What do you need to do for a new quarterback? You need to protect them. Their second pick in the first round, they go and get an offensive lineman, uh, arguably one of the best offensive linemen in this draft. What do you need to do? You need to give them somebody to throw to because you lost a couple of receivers. 
So mm-hmm. you go get you drew in the second round, they go draft Elijah Moore, uh, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. You also need to have somebody for him to hand the ball off to. They go draft him, Michael Carter, running back from North Carolina. All right, so now you got your offense somewhat set, right? So what do you need to do? You need to start beefing up that defense. Their last, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks went to defense. Six picks went to defense. Uh, defensive tackle from uh, Arkansas in the sixth round, uh, Jonathan Marshall. Brandon Eccles, cornerback from Kentucky in the sixth round. Hamsa Nasraldeen, uh, sixth round safety out of Florida State. Uh, we all know how good Hamsa really is being Florida State fans. Marcus, you can attest to this. He's mm-hmm. They got like third-round value right there in the sixth round. Um, Jason Pennick, a cornerback from Pittsburgh, another great superstar. Michael Carter, the second, safety out of Duke. Jamie and Sherwood, safety out of Auburn. The, the New York Jets took every need that they had in this draft, and they doubled it. So mm-hmm. that's why the New York Jets are my biggest winner. So on the, what the Jets topic, I mean, they still have Le'Veon Bell, right? Uh, no, so Bell went to the Chiefs last year. So they're oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, they don't I'm really sorry. have a number one running back. There. True. Yeah, I completely forgot that they got. I don't know why I was because everybody's talking like, well, they need a running back. I'm like, wait a minute, they don't they still have Le'Veon Bell? Like, did we just forget about that? But uh, you're absolutely right. He did get trade. He he no, I don't think he got trade. He got cut. No, they yeah. cut him, and then he signed a vet. Man, you're right. Okay, so, my apologies on that. So I've got a rando question. It, it kind of okay. ties in with the with the Jets, but with them having two Michael Carters. How does that go on the back of their jersey? It'll still say um, <laughs> Carter with I, an I think, M. Well, there's there's actually there's one that's Carter and there's one that's Carter Junior. The yeah, it's like Lil Wayne albums. You got the Carter two. You got, you got the Carter two. The Carter and the Carter, the Carter, Carter three. Yeah. Um, so last year, uh, as of right now, the projected Jets depth chart has Lamichael P. Ryan projected to be the day one starter. Uh, they also mm-hmm. signed Tevin Coleman this offseason, but I think Michael Carter is going to be the guy. I think so too. They yeah. still have Denzel Mims there as well. Um, Corey Davis signed in the offseason. Jamison Crowder. Now you give him Elijah Moore. Man, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, this team's uh, <laughs> this team's looking like they could be pretty solid next year. So, so do you think that they they move Elijah Vera Tucker? Do they keep him at guard, like his left guard, and then they just they pound the ball to the left side, or do you think they might try to see if they can convert him to a right tackle? Um, on this, it has them projected to keep him at left guard. But ooh, I mean, they, ooh man! I mean, uh, Malachi Beckman, Beckton, and then you got Elijah Vera Tuck on the left side. I mean, that's that's a pretty good left side. I mean, I, if I was Zach Wilson, I feel pretty good about my blind side. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's like you just said. I mean, there's nothing really else that needs to be said right there. So, I think all of us have this same big loser, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, yes, but for the sake of this episode, we'll we'll just pick different different ones because, I mean, gotcha. you know, Houston is just Houston's yeah. Houston. So, yeah. so I, I I obviously went with Houston. I went with the easy pick here because I gave myself about thirty minutes of research. Mm-hmm. Um. Excuse me. <laughs> Got to call yourself out there. Oh, I did. I had. I uh, so to make that interview happen yesterday. Just so everybody knows, I usually have off all day on Wednesdays. To make that interview work yesterday, I had to switch some stuff up on my schedule on the last minute. So I had to work today, which I don't usually do on Wednesdays. And this is why, because I wasn't able to do a whole lot of research. But Mm -hmm. obviously, yesterday was much more important to the success of this network. So um, I kind of went in here and I picked the easy pick with Houston. Uh, You don't pick until the third round and then you take a quarterback out of Stanford who really... um, Really was kind of underwhelming at Stanford. He had some good plays, but he wasn't that great. Nico Collins, who at one time was like nobody really knew who he was. Like he was okay at Michigan, but he wasn't that great. Uh, I thought they did. I thought they did have a great pick uh, in the fifth round with Brevin Jordan out of uh, Miami. Other than that, Mm -hmm. they didn't draft well at all. Uh, They didn't fill. I mean, when you only have five picks in this draft, you're not going to be able to fill a whole lot of needs, especially when you're a shit show like the Houston Texans, Um, right? But I just thought they were horrible, man. I thought, I mean, I thought that you at least, if you have no, um, you have no draft capital, but you have a quarterback that you're not sure of, and you keep signing quarterbacks and you're drafting quarterbacks, maybe you should move off your, uh, maybe you should have moved off of Deshaun Watson when you had the chance, because like looking at what they have and what they could have, it's it's a lot different. Well, also adding in on the Houston Texans that obviously I had them as my number one, but I've got someone else that I can talk about. But if you look at the draft, 
they didn't pick until that third round, but the person who was drafted one before they drafted Davis Mills was Kellen Mond. So some people are saying, hey, maybe they saw the quarterback get taken. They were like, oh, I need a quarterback. We've got to take one. He's the best available. Let's just put his name in and let's go. Right. But uh, kind of my biggest loser, per se, <laughs> is probably the Raiders. Mm. Because, you, because you start looking at what they've done, even not even this draft, but the past three drafts. Just mm-hmm. even, I'm, I'm not even going to go deep diving into the rest of their draft, but if you look at their first rounds of the past three years, all they've done is reach. John Gruden's going to John Gruden. Because you look... All the way back to 2019, Cleveland Farrell, they drafted him fourth overall. He was projected as a second-round pick. 2020, they got Damon Arnett at 19th overall, projected second-round pick. Then this year, they got Alex Leatherwood. He's a great tackle, but they got him 17th overall, but he was still projected as a, tw- as a second-round pick. So... I mean, you might go out and get your guys, but if you're drafting middle of the pack to top to the top of the draft, I mm-hmm. don't I don't know if you can just reach for somebody. The only person that I could see, the only people that I could see reaching is if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from this year going and picking going and picking like the best available because you have 22 returning starters. <clears throat> yeah. I think maybe they do you think they might have like you mentioned Tampa, do you think they might have reached for um uh Kyle Trask? I I mean cuz you got to think you say that they didn't like you know he, they're at the end of the second round like maybe he was like a he, you know a, a third rounder but you know obviously one of their I guess quote unquote needs is a backup quarterback cuz um, let's just face it Blaine Gabbard is probably yeah I very useless. But at that point in the draft was they there? Need, they don't need anything. Yeah, but at that point in the draft, there were no. He was the best quarterback available, right? So I think they go for it. Let him. Let him uh, sit under Tom Brady, and let him roll. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so we got a Facebook question that I want to read off real quick from Austin Minshew. Um, okay. He wants to know what about the Seahawks? They only had three picks, and I felt like they got pretty good value. Um, I just went ahead and pulled these up. In the second round, they drafted Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. In the fourth mm-hmm. round, they drafted Trey Brown, quarterback from or cornerback from Oklahoma. And in round six, they drafted Stone Forsyth, uh, offensive tackle from Florida. How are you feeling about them, Marcus? How do you think they drafted? Terrible. They should have they should have addressed their offensive line a lot better, considering there was a massive saga and rumors and all this other off off season drama with Seattle regarding Russell Wilson and not and not having any protection, they should have taken that accounted for, and they should have they should have went heavy on offensive line, or they should have traded up. They should have. I agree they didn't with do that. that. I agree with that one hundred percent. I thought the same thing, and uh, obviously, getting him weapons was a big thing. And you take a wide receiver from Western Michigan, who, if I haven't heard of you, it's probably not a good thing. Well, the, on top of that, too, Kyle, the, the receiver they grabbed, I believe he's only like five eight. Mm, I'm about to look that up, but. <laughs> That's not a I mean you've already got a Tyler Lockett on that team. What do you I mean, obviously they I mean they signed some undrafted free agents, but I, I don't think they Seattle did not draft well either. No, so. no, they they did I don't know if they have their eyes set on like somebody in the offs like for free agency or something, but I mean it's that's way past, but they should have tried to make some noise and try to trade up. There was a lot of good talent in day two. A lot of good there's about three or four solid offensive tackles left on the board. Yeah. And they didn't address it. I mean, Jacksonville got their offensive tackle as a pretty solid graded offensive tackle in, in their uh, third round. Exactly. Like just says, yeah. <laughs> maybe Gruden is trying to get fired so that he doesn't have to work for that Hunter Mill. <laughs> hey, and I even, mean, even, even Zach's agreeing with me in the chat. He's saying he should have been fired for taking rugs over Lamb or Jefferson. So it's funny you mentioned the Raiders. I mean, it's one of those things where I didn't have them as like a winner or a loser, but I didn't think they did bad. It, yeah, they did reach, quote unquote, reach for an offensive lineman, but they also got a steal in the second round with Trevon Morig. They so did. It's like it kind of yeah. it, it, it balanced itself out. But I don't think like Mike Mayock isn't stupid with these whole with the whole you know draft thing. 
I mean, he was obviously one of the guys who always did uh, draft grades. He was always one of the people that talked about, you know, who his best fits for, for, you know, different teams, obviously in the NFL network for multiple years. Yeah. Hey, so me- as far as the couple re- couple, cause he got to think too, he picked up job. Everybody thought that it was a reach for Josh Jacobs in the first round. That and and his and, uh, was it a year or two ago. Let, Josh Jacobs is probably what fifth or sixth best running. You know that six to eight range as far as running backs go in the NFL now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I, in my opinion, the jury's still out on uh, on Josh Jacobs. But let me, um, Marcus. What pick was um, just for my own research purposes? What pick was Trayvon Morig overall? Trayvon. Um, it was this. They actually the Raiders actually traded up. To make that pick before Dallas, so it was, it was like in the forty range, uh, forty three. No, it was like forty three. Uh, it was forty three, forty third overall. Okay, yeah. All right, cool. That I'm gonna bring that back up here in a few minutes. Then, um, <laughs> so, so I think that's a good. Uh, it's, it's, so they might have reached for for um, for uh, Leatherwood. Yeah, they might have reached a little bit for him, but they got a steal for Trayvon Morig. So it 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 balances out. They they get a pass for that. Yeah, I thought they were kind of mid tier. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Oakland, they weren't great. Vegas. <laughs> they weren't. Gr- they didn't have a great draft, but they didn't. They weren't at the bottom of the bottom for me. They were, yeah. you know, right at the middle, probably around like like at fourteen to sixteenth range. Well, um, all right. So. so let's your second biggest winner, Marcus. Oh, do you want me to do that? We are we doing the my biggest loser? Oh, did you not? Did you not say yours? No, I, no, I didn't do. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. No, I didn't do one. Um, so my my biggest loser, I think, is Green Bay. Mm, wow. I mean, Green Bay, obviously. I mean, you got to think, man. Right what an before the draft, days. Yeah. Right before the draft, what happened? Aaron Rodgers was unhappy. There was a whole lot going on with that. And what do you do to try to help help your quarterback ha- get happier? Get him some protection, or get him some weapons. What do they do? They <laughs> drafted a cor- they drafted a cornerback. <laughs> one of the and positions so like, that okay. like one of the only things that I don't really think that the Packers are in a super big need of. And let me do, do you know the only offensive player that they drafted in the first round in Aaron Rodgers career is Jordan Love <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> That's the only one that they've, that they've gotten. And it's, it, I mean, the guys, been. I mean, I, people can call, you know, Aaron Rodgers what they want as far as, you know, being, you know, drama filled or not being, you know, being ungrateful, things that the other, but I mean, the man has earned the respect that he needs is, Hey, Hey, look, like if I need protection, like if you help, help me out. And it's crazy too. Cause you know, with the quarterbacks that got drafted, you know, Tom Brady was notified that they were going to draft Kyle Trask in the second round. Andy Dalt was notified that they were gonna, <laughs> that Justin Fields was going to get picked in the first round. Aaron Rodgers was literally just hanging out, minding his own business, and he sees on TV that they picked up Jordan Love, and he has no idea about any of that happened. Not only that, but they traded up to get him. So, mm. yeah, I mean, they didn't they didn't even take a an offensive tackle until the fourth round. Well, like, and it wasn't like they didn't have a second or third round pick. They they could have they could have like, okay, well, we need we need a corner, or you know, trade up. Like you could, they could have traded with Tampa and the and got an offensive tackle. You know what I mean? Because Tampa didn't need to take John Wilson, linebacker. I feel like Bruce Arians threw a dart at the dart at a board and was like, "We're taking him." I really, I think it came out pretty obvious that Tampa really didn't give a shit about this draft at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's well, they, that's why it, they're not a loser because it's like, well, what do they need? You know what I mean? So, they didn't have right. to get anything. It, exactly. Returning all twenty-two starters, it gives you a pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. I mean, and and then you drafted the one thing that I think you could argue that they did need is a backup plan for as Brady starts to get older. You want to have somebody else just in case, because you know your body can only be so good at forty three. So he, realistically, Tom Brady could be one hit away from missing quite a bit of time. Yeah, but it, right. well, also, what was it like two thousand eleven? Yeah. 2011, he took a shot in the very first game, if I remember correctly. It was like the first or second quarter. Yep. And then Matt Castle comes in, brings them to 11-5. and five, And if I remember correctly, that was the first time that a team had won double-digit games and not gone to the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They missed the playoffs that year. And that was the, uh, that was the only time – that was the last time that Brady was there that the Patriots yeah. didn't win that division. It's crazy. Pretty wild. They went eleven and five that year too, right? They went eleven and five and missed the playoffs that year. Um, mm-hmm. the, that was the year the Dolphins had the wild wildcat stuff going with Chad Pennington mm-hmm. and Ronnie Brown. 
was a that was a pretty cool and year Ricky for Williams, us. Baby. And then we got smoked out of the first round by the by the Ravens. Sheesh. <laughs> um, all right, so my uh, my second biggest winner here, um, and I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but I got the Philadelphia Eagles sitting here. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you, so first Ooh. of all, you're sitting there at number twelve, right? And you're like, oh boy, if we don't if we don't trade up to higher than the eleventh pick with the New York Giants sitting there, the Giants are going to take the only uh, top top ten quality receiver left in this draft right now. The only first round receiver left. So not only do you trade up, you get your dumbass division rival to trade with you, <laughs> and you jump you jump the New York Giants, another division rival, and you take. The Heisman Trophy winning uh, wide receiver Devontae Smith, who was a going to be a great asset to the Philadelphia Eagles. So now, what do you think Washington's thinking? Like they're like, what the hell's going on with the other three? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? No, do- I don't I think know what to do with my hands. They somehow finagle that pick out of the Cowboys, and then they come back in the second round and they draft Landon Dickerson, a great center out of Alabama. Um, the dude's huge. He's, I mean, he, that's a big boy, man. He's awesome. He's a great center, and they opinion. they address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick. Um, I thought they got great value out of their fifth round pick, Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis. Uh, look at what Antonio Gibson was able to do last year. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. makes you hopeful as a Florida State fan to see the kind of um, offensive talent that comes out of Mike Norvell's systems. Um, but Kenneth Gainwell, really good player. Come, uh, they got a, they got him in the fifth round. Uh, another pick I loved from them was Jacoby Stevens, safety out of LSU. In the sixth round, I he, thought he is a great pickup. Yeah, because, especially in the sixth round, he played his freshman and sophomore year. He was a linebacker going into his junior year when we won the national championship. He shifted to safety because Ed Ogeron said, "Oh, I need to." Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let me translate. Can you translate that for everybody tra- watching. It let me translate. <laughs> he said he needed a heavy hitter in the back in the defense. To pair up with Grant Delpit, and that's exactly what he got. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a great pick, and I thought the Eagles really addressed a lot of needs. Um, they have more needs than you could have addressed in this draft, but I thought that they did a really good job. Um, and a shout out to—I know that you're—I um, know you're going to mention your team in a little bit, but I did, I did, because that's why I didn't want to pick them as my second winner. But I thought the Dallas Cowboys drafted incredible, and uh, we're going to get there in a minute. Um, because we're yeah. going to get to our own teams. Uh, Drew, your second biggest winner. Well, yeah, thank God, Drew, because there's a few teams that like I think did really well, and I have no idea who you're taking, who you're picking up. Well, it was uh, actually the Cowboys. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I, I won't, I won't say, I won't spoil anything. I won't say too much about it, but definitely um, being able. I know it was very weird that them trading back with <clears throat> Philly, uh, yeah. but still being able to get Micah Parsons, that's big. And then you add in that they got in the fourth round, number 115th overall, another LSU guy. As you can tell, I'm a big LSU guy. But they got Mm -hmm. Jabril Cox. He went from North Dakota State, then went to LSU for his senior year and balled out. He is He's an athletic linebacker but has range like a safety. And I was kind of hoping the Saints would pick him up. Didn't happen. But, hey. I'm glad he went somewhere, but then you look after, you look at their first six picks, the Dallas Cowboys' first six picks. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys from last year, what did they need? Defense. Yeah. First six picks were all defense, mm. and I'll let I'll let Marcus go into depth in depth on those later. Marcus, your other big winner. It's tough, man, because there's a few teams that I think did really, really well. Um, I'll just name a couple and then I'll like go into the one I think that I think out of these three did the best. Um, I think Cleveland did really well. Um, I think Carolina did really well. I think Chicago did really well. I actually want to um, shout out Chicago as well. Um, I thought they they really righted um, they righted a wrong when they traded up for Trubisky yeah. by by trading up for Justin Fields in this draft. I think yeah, not only that, but they turned. Right around in the second round, and they drafted Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. Yep. So they turned right around and, and addressed that issue immediately. Um, but I think the one that did, they obviously did the most, as far as those three, in my opinion, is uh, Carolina. Mm. 
I know that people people were kind of concerned as far as you know the J.C. Horn in the eighth overall, but it, it, if you look at the playmakers that he um, matched up against, you know Jalen Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith, Ter- Terrence Marshall Jr., all the SEC wide receivers that were out there. I mean, he did he locked him down. Very phenomenal player. Um, hopefully, it works out. Again, I don't know if that kind of contributed to Denver taking Patrick Sertain, which Dallas was supposed to take. But hey, whatever. <laughs> like, I hope I hope Denver goes zero sixteen, and that, that that's just the end of it. Um, they, they turn right around and they get Terrence Marshall in the second round. I think that's a great value pick. Um, he doesn't have to be the he doesn't have to be the ex receiver. Yeah. They still have they still have DJ Moore. They still have Robbie Anderson. Terrence Marshall Jr. will slide right in there. Then the third round, they picked up two. They picked up a tight end, Brady Christensen. And they picked up uh, a tight end as well, which they kind of needed. I mean, Carolina, I, I don't even know who their starting tight end was last year. But they addressed it right then. Picked up their backup running back, Chubba Hubbard. That is from, a great uh, pick. Oklahoma State. Incredible value. I think value. that was a fun, incredible. Exactly. Now, this, this pick right here in the sixth round is probably going to be one of the highest or best steals in the draft, I personally think. Uh, Deontay Brown, guard from Alabama. Mm. Anybody you can Six. get from Alabama is going to be, especially that. <laughs> well, late. not only that, but Sheesh. in his entire it, it, Deontay Brown, in his entire career at Alabama, he has allowed zero sacks. Ooh. Didn't the, allow a single sack in his career at Alabama, and he just, and they got him in the sixth round. If I'm not mistaken, he had uh, injury issues, though, right? Yes, yeah, he had a couple injury issues. I mean, still sixth round. That's. Wow. Yeah, sixth round for him though. I mean, even if he doesn't play this year and they recover and everything like that, wow. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. That no. sixth round is a fantastic value for a player like that. And then obviously, of course, the the whole I don't know if you guys saw the the um uh the video it's on TikTok things like that of uh Carolina drafting long snapper Thomas Fletcher. I thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> the guy thought that if you guys didn't, um, if you guys didn't watch it, when uh, Matt Rule called Fletcher, he thought that he was being going to be picked up as an un, as an undrafted free agent, and he was like, "No, dude, I'm I'm drafting you." And it was like, <laughs> yeah, he was he went wild. He was like, "I can't believe it! I can't believe it! No way!" Like, it was it was really cool. It was pretty awesome. But I think I, I think love, Carolina did really well in the draft. I love stories like that. I do too. Love watching the video of like the back and forth from the from the GM or the coach to the player yeah. after they get drafted and just seeing the sheer excitement and just the the craziness in their voice and just the way that they the way it hits you. Like we had Janoris on here uh last night, Janoris Robinson, and he was talking about how it was and it was just very surreal to listen to him talk about it and it was just like wow you could see the like the um the humbleness about him too it was Definitely. it was really cool all right guys um we're gonna get to our honorable mention losers our second biggest losers but real quick we're gonna take a quick break fellas go check out beach barbers located at 2914 thomas drive here in beautiful panama city beach right across the street from christo's bar and grill your visit will include a haircut an invigorating shampoo hot leather neck shave and a relaxing neck and shoulder massage all in a newly renovated laid-back atmosphere with no appointment necessary Additional services are available as well. All you have to do is ask them and they will do whatever you need. Also, the best part, free beer Friday. Everybody likes free beer. Make sure you get over there, ask for Holly, and ask for the right on special. All right, so we're going to come right back in hot here. Um, Go into our second biggest losers here. Um, Drew, you have a player here. Yeah, another player. Uh, I definitely have James Robinson. Mm. Because oh. in the f- oh, yeah. first round, yep. the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars decided to go out and get Travis Etienne. Yeah, you want to reunite him with Ter- Trevor Lawrence. But you just listen to these stats from last year. He had 1,070 rushing yards, 10 total touchdowns. He was the number three rusher in the NFL. Then you add on top of that, he had the most scrimmage yards ever by an undrafted free agent rookie. And he was also the number four fantasy running back in PPR leagues in fantasy. That is just from a guy you got in undrafted. And then all of a sudden you're going to turn around and congratulate him by drafting another running back. 
in the first round, I understand you pick up somebody later in the draft. You're right. like, okay, can't pass up this guy. But you have so many other needs, and you go out and get this guy? You this, go out and get ETN whenever James Robinson? Yeah, he might not be a big name, and you might have questions about him next year, but at least give him a shot. That pick right there is why I didn't have uh, Jacksonville mentioned at all in any of my winners or anything like that. Like I thought they, um, I thought they drafted Trevor Lawrence, they drafted Travis Etienne, then after that they went best available, best available, like you would do on a Madden draft. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you, like you would just take the best available player because you've already got everything you want. Like so, whatever. I don't even want this pick. Whatever, whatever. And I thought it was obvious that they did that. And um, I think it's the ultimate sign of disrespect if I'm somebody like James Robinson. Exactly. I, mean, I understand their mentality. Uh, wanting to put those two back together. And Travis Etienne is going to be an outstanding pro running back. There's no disrespect here to Travis Etienne. But I'm not 100% sure if it was necessary. I, I mean, I'm 100% sure it wasn't necessary. I mean, you could exactly. There's other people right there. You could draft Elijah Moore and give your, guy, give your star quarterback another receiver to throw to. Yeah. You could draft uh, Trayvon Morig right there. You could draft... Um, a number of different. I mean, there's a, just so many different guys you could Asante take. Asante Samuel Jr., Aziz yep. Ojolari. Yeah. There's... I mean, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good players right there, man, that you could take, and they. Uh, I think Jacksonville really dropped the ball there. Um, I mean, like I said, no disrespect to Travis Etienne because I think he's going to be an outstanding pro. Yeah, and I do think he was the best running back in this draft class. No, no disrespect to Najee Harris, but I just think Etienne's going to be a yeah. different kind of guy. But James Robinson, I agree with that. Biggest loser, mm-hmm. Marcus. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Whoo. Okay. Uh, oh. I, th- I think Julio probably. Well, uh, the problem the problem is here is they drafted Kyle Pitts, a great tight end, but what did they do to fix their defense? They could have tra- they if they they could have traded down to like, I mean, uh, you know, before we start before we did like the draft, if I would have said they traded with Carolina, you would have called me an idiot for trading with division rivals. But here we are post draft, and that kind of <laughs> happened already. Yeah. <laughs> so they could have they could have tra- they could have traded with Carolina. Carolina could have taken Kyle Pitts, and they could have taken J.C. Horn. And I think both sides would have been a lot better uh, draft grade overall. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I think that would have been a great fit. They could have traded with Denver. They could have got Patrick Saint. They could have gotten Micah Parsons. Yep. They could, but instead they took best they they took best available at four. Yeah, and that that's stupid. If you're gonna take if they the, the tight end didn't help anything, you 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 gave Matt Ryan an extra target to throw to, but they're still gonna lose by twenty eight. <laughs> Honestly, I mean they didn't they I, didn't do anything. I agree, I agree. And then you even look at the rest of their draft picks. It's like, eh, okay, a bunch of guys yeah, they, they never had, really heard of, unless I mean, you're a fan lit- of that team. I mean, literally, they could have picked somebody who was a special teams all all American special teams superstar, and that would have been better, I think, in their first round because obviously, they don't know how to recover an onside kick, so they need somebody to figure that out. It just wasn't a huge need. It wasn't. It wasn't. They did not need to no. do that. Atlanta, literally, like all of us, me, you, and Nick, all had Atlanta trading down with Denver to take Micah Parsons, and they literally went best available at four. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it didn't make any sense for me. I I think uh, to stream off of that, like uh, he's this isn't what I have down, but a big loser comes out of that is Julio Jones because now you know you're getting traded. Yeah. And even though I think Julio Jones, that's a big winner because now well, he gets to go to a team yeah, where but, I mean, he but, could go to he could go, like you know Green Bay can go. Oh, we screwed up. And let's say Green Bay trades for Julio Jones, it probably won't happen. No, but but if you're Aaron Rodgers, yeah. that's why it's not going. They're not going to do that, man. He's going to end up somewhere like um, I don't know. He could end up on the Jets. He could end up on the Jags. He could end up uh, which is still not as yeah. maybe not as bad as being in Atlanta. But I don't know. I'm just trying to think from a player mentality. Like, uh, tell me you don't need me without telling me you don't want me. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean. The Col- yeah. the, the, the Colts. The Colts have the cap room to to take care of uh, Julio Jones. Yeah. So let me get on the Colts here because they're my next <laughs> biggest loser. Um, yeah. I I thought that their first pick in the draft, Quiddy Pay absolutely brilliant yeah. you, mm-hmm. you and you lost two things last year you lost a defense you're starting one of your starting defensive ends and you lost your starting safety malik hooker um they they addressed the hooker um late thing later i addressed the hooker thing they addressed the <laughs> loss of malik hooker later and they addressed their defensive end with their first pick other than that what if you're not looking at their draft picks what's the biggest thing that they need they need to get somebody for him to throw the ball to for carson Wentz to throw the ball to 
And uh, mm-hmm. they didn't do that until the seventh round. Not only did they not do that, they drafted a defensive end, a blocking tight end out of, out of SMU, uh, a safety, a backup quarterback out of uh, Sam Ellinger from Texas, who um, I don't think should have been drafted at all. Um, nope. I think at one point he was probably supposed to be, but he nope. was really underwhelming the rest of his Texas career. Nope. Um, and then in the seventh round, you you finally draft a wide receiver from Charleston, and you draft an offensive tackle from Penn State. Other than that, you didn't you didn't protect Carson Wentz, and you didn't give him anybody to throw the ball to. Yeah. Why are you adding more defense? You had the best defense in the NFL next year, and you you added Bud or uh, you you didn't add Bud Dupree. You added a lot of good superstars on defense, and you're still looking like you're going to have a top three defense in the NFL this year. Yeah. Now the only thing you needed to fix was the fact that you couldn't score any points because you are the team that had the Buffalo Bills on the wire. You just couldn't score. Yeah, now, I think they should have addressed they that receiver. They should have yeah, gone receiver. Or because uh, they didn't even really need it. The only thing they outside of receiver, they should have went offensive tackle because right. they're uh because O-line. uh he yeah, because he retired. They're Andrew uh Castananzo. Yeah, I think yep. his name is. Yeah. yeah, he retired. So that's the only thing you need. You need a left tackle yeah. and a wide receiver. If they would have went offensive tackle and then like or maybe if they would have went Elijah Moore first round and got an offensive tackle second round, boom. Your problems have been solved. Right. Why do you go defensive end with your first two picks? I mean, Qu- Quiddy I mean, Pay Quiddy once Pay's again. A great, great player. Pick. We're not, we're not, yeah, we're not yeah. dissing Quiddy Pay. It's just, it's not a need. No, and, like, and, I mean, and, especially not when you have what they have on the line. Yeah. And even when you, their first two picks were DNs. Yeah. They went DE, Double up, yeah. double up on the defensive ends. Is there something we don't know? Like, I mean, here, while, while you guys are, while, keep discussing the Colts, I'm going to look up their depth chart as far they, as who they have on, are they on there. Are about to trade somebody? They no, that, that could be a possibility. Works? Like, what What are they... Maybe, like Marcus <laughs> has just mentioned, maybe they're going to be the top suitor for Julio, Julio. Jones. Okay. Which, uh, yeah, if but, you're going to trade him, why trade him out of conference? I mean, well, that's, who, who do they have? Like, Justin Houston? No, or? they have... Uh, what? To trade? Okay, uh, I've got, I've, I've got the... Uh, their defensive ends. I know they have Michael okay, Pittman, who I have it. projected to be a fantasy receiver one this year well did, okay did so T-Y, right now did ty resign yeah he resigned okay yeah uh, all right so i got their de- death chart pulled up uh they're because they run a four three they're right now as of right now on, the, on espn their starters are quitty pay deforest buckner mm. grover stewart mm-hmm. and alquadine muhammad as their right defensive end okay so i mean but and then you got your linebacker cores: Darius Leonard, Zaire Franklin, Bobby Okereke, Kenny Moore the second, Kari Willis, Julian Blackman, Xavier Rhodes. Like it's pretty. The stout. secondary, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they should. If anything, Quiddy Pay got it. But their receiver core, their starters: T.Y. Hilton, Michael 100. Pittman Jr., Par- and Paris Campbell. And then their tight end is Jack Doyle. Like yeah. Like, I mean, come they, on, they, man. And then when you do draft a tight end, you take a blocking tight end from SMU, Kylan Granson. Uh, I just don't I don't I don't like this draft for the Colts. I thought they could have done a lot better. Maybe they go out and still try to make a push for Zach Ertz from the Eagles. May because he's I mean, he's still on yeah. that roster yeah. and he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they're the top suitor for Julio Jones. But as of right now, Odell Beckham. I mean, maybe Odell Beckham. I mean, that's another big uh yeah. big opportunity that they could have. But as of right now, I got him as a top loser in this draft. Yeah. Let's get into our own team performances and I want to start I want to go from best to worst here. I'll let you kind of close this thing out Drew because I feel like you're probably <laughs> the most disappointed about your team. But Sheesh. the most excited about this their right. draft at this table should be you Marcus. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Um I mean, I obviously you guys saw the live reaction of when they traded down. I was like, "Okay, they're trading here." And then when I saw it was the Eagles, I was really upset by this. Like I was extremely upset. I don't and think then, the trade down was the issue because I thought that was smart. I just thought it was who you traded down to. Was, <laughs> yeah, that was exactly, idiotic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was the whole problem I had. And I mean, they did get a free third rounder out of there, which was, I mean, not a, I don't, it wasn't a, a big deal. Right. Um, Cause like I said, Dallas did what Dallas needed to do. Thank God, because they went, like Drew mentioned earlier, Dallas went heavy, heavy on defense. And, they got Micah Parsons in the first round, which is is great because I mean he wanted to be a cowboy and that makes everything better. But he's a phenomenal linebacker. We've had some linebacker issues with Sean Lee. Sean Lee retired. Leighton Vanderish, which Dallas didn't uh, opt into his fifth year, so we'll see what happens with that situation. Um, if he's if he's healthy, we have a really good three three linebacker core with him 
Van Der Esch and uh, Jalen Smith. Hopefully that works out. But then they turn right around, man, and they in the second and third round, and they got some really nice corners, real nice corners. Joseph Mills, um, the he was great as as far as talent level goes. Uh, one of the best talented receivers in the draft. He just lacked collegiate experience. I believe he only played 13 games his collegiate career. But as far as talent level, he is a phenomenal player. Third round, they got Nashon Wright, six four corner, bro, six four. A lot of his pro level um, comparison is Richard Sherman. So I'm uh, I am very, very excited about that. And then they turn right around in the fifth round and got linebacker Jabril Cox. Yes, sir. Smart. And that is a and he was rated, I think, the fifth best rated linebacker in the draft. They got him in the fifth round. Yeah. So absolute phenomenal draft. They did what they had to do. I would have liked for them to draft an offense, an offensive lineman earlier to you know because that there's still an issue with tyron smith his health issues have definitely declined over the years and it's also which definitely put a a, a diff in performance from both dak which led to his injury issues with having a terrible offensive line and zeke as well we just needed a little bit of extra depth on there but i think overall i am very pleased with how jerry and the boys drafted it this year I'm going to keep it short and just give you a summary of what I thought Dallas – I thought they the only mistake they made was earlier in the night. Um, I just don't think there's any way for me to ever feel good about trading not only to a division opponent, to your number one division rival. So that's, yeah. that to me was the biggest mistake and the only mistake Dallas made in this draft. Uh, other than that, I thought they did great. I, I think it's great to trade down regardless and still get the guy that you really need right there, Micah Parsons. Um other than that, man, I, I thought my I thought uh, Dallas drafted incredible. So yeah, I think so too, man. So well, we'll go go since we're you already have Miami stuck in your head. We'll, we'll go with you, Kyle. Yeah, mi- <laughs> kind of. Um, mm, okay, so I'm just gonna kind of run you pick by pick here. Um, okay, uh, sixth overall pick, round one, Jalen Waddle. Prior to that injury last year, the best wide receiver in college football. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Smith won the Heisman because this guy got hurt. I mean, De- Devontae Smith's great athlete as well. Uh, no disrespect to Kyle Pitts. No disrespect to uh, Jamar Chase. Jalen Waddle's the best wide receiver in this draft. You got him at number six. Incredible. You put him back with Tua. That's going to give Tua a level of comfortability. Um, mm-hmm. You get somebody. Jalen Waddle, by the way, is 100%. He played a couple snaps in that national championship game, and he was pretty close to being back to healthy then. So he's going to be healthy at the season start. I love that pick, right? Mm-hmm. So then you come back around number number 18 overall pick. You know your next biggest need is running back. What do you do? You draft a backup defensive end for your team. Awful pick. I like Jalen Phillips, but not a need. We have Emmanuel Ogba coming back. We have uh Christian Wilkins coming back. We have uh young guys in that on that defensive core that um can that are gonna slide into that role. Jerome Baker kind of runs like a hybrid uh edge rusher thing that so I hated this pick, and I know that uh, Zach Lesnar is probably still watching. He's a big Miami Hurricanes homer. I know you're probably going to not like what I said there, bro, but I hated that pick. Um, I just didn't see that there was no necessity there, especially not when you know Najee Harris is being taken in the first round. You need a running back. And now, obviously, you know Travis Etienne is going to be gone in the first round. You didn't address that need. You didn't address it. And they didn't address it the whole draft until the seventh freaking round with Jared Dokes out of Cincinnati, who was not even Cincinnati's lead rusher last year, by the way. Um, and then you come back, round two, pick number 36. Javon Holland with Trayvon Morig still on the board. You take the third best safety in this draft with the best safety in the draft on the board. Javon Holland. Come on, Miami. Are you kidding me? Trayvon Morig is on the board. You literally have the best safety available on the board here. And so they don't take him. Um, They could have taken their next pick right there and then turn around and taken Trayvon Morig at their other pick. But so they pick again at number 42. Incredible pick here. Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame, offensive lineman. The dude's huge. He, I think he only allowed like five sacks in his whole career at Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. You got to give Tua some protection. Brilliant. Round three, you come back, you take Hunter Long, tight end out of Boston College. Incredible pick. Blocking tight end. Miami loves to do that. When you draft, when you get more blocking tight ends, you're able to spread Mike Kosicki out and let him catch the ball, which is what he's good yeah. at. Incredible pick. Uh, round seven, Lariel Coleman, offensive tackle from UMass. Uh, great value right there. Incredible pick. 
But other than that, I what I love four out of their seven picks. I I thought I hate the Jalen Phillips pick. I hate the Javon Holland hit pick. And I guess you're really taking low risk in the seventh round going with a running back like Jared Dokes. Mm-hmm. But come on, man. Like we had a great opportunity right there in front of us to take Najee Harris or Travis Etienne early on. And then you take the third best safety in the draft with the best safety in the draft still available at 36. I thought Miami was mid-tier. For some reason, we got the highest draft grade out of any team on um like pretty much every website. Wow. You go to any website, we yeah. got it, we got an A A plus, which is the highest grade of any team. <laughs> I don't see it. I gave Miami's draft a B plus. Wow. Yeah, I think that in the crazy so I'm look I look at the depth chart and like, I mean, your defensive ends right now still starting are Christian Wilkins and then Emmanuel Agba. Yep. So technically, you spend a first round on a backup. Well, and you also go out there and you look at Jerome Baker, and he runs like almost a um, almost like a Von Miller kind of linebacker set. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Bernard McKinney now coming from coming in from uh, the Houston Texans. You have yep. Andrew Van Ginkle who stepped up in a big way last year. Dude, I mean, I thought I thought it was a wasted pick if I'm being honest. And then yeah, like you said, I mean. The Trayvon Moberg should have definitely been that pick right there, which it probably would have been an actual A grade because uh, he was the highest grade corner. I don't know, or safety. I don't know if it's something that your coaching staff and scouting reports didn't like about Trayvon Moberg because I think we, I think he was in most of the draft grades, he was projected to go to like either the Raiders or the Cardinals in the first round. Yeah. And, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys see something in Eric Rowe as your as your starting one of your starting safeties. I, I don't know, but I mean, to your first two, like you know, picking the first round and picking the second round, both of them are going to be sitting the bench week one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you have a day one, day two player you're drafting, they should be going to training camp at least considered as a starter or getting starter reps or, or something or the starter, not someone that's going to be okay. We're going to use them on third down situations. I will tell you this and, though. You look at that wide receiver core in Miami. That's pretty juiced. Does. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller, and then you got um, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, Bowden, out of Kentucky. Yep. Um, just, he wow. was able like he was our number one receiver last year after everybody got yeah, hurt. You still got yep, Preston and Williams. Devontae Parker. Yep, you still got Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker, Allen Hearns is still on the roster. Albert Wilson's still on the roster. Uh, he skipped last year due to COVID. Isaiah Ford, <laughs> Malcolm Perry. Um, so a lot let, of dudes. let's not. Let's not put some put so much disrespect on Miles Gaskin, man. I thought yeah. that Miles Gaskin did did great. Here's, I mean, obviously, I I think during during the end of the end of the last season, because you and I, I know that one of your biggest things going into the off season was getting running back. And for a little Homer and me, or a little bi- a little biased side of me, I picked up Miles Gaskin in fantasy football off the waiver <laughs> wire, and I thought he was a phenomenal back. I thought he did great, and I was like, "There's no need to get him." And maybe that's what they did. The maybe your coaching staff thought that Miles Gaskin deserves a full season as the number one guy. I'll tell you what I, I think I, about Miles. Ga- I'll, what I think about Miles Gaskin, and I'm going to push it to you, Drew, so we can cut this episode off. I think Miles Gaskin would be the best backup running back in the league. Oh my! I do not think he's the number one running back. I just don't. I I don't think he is, man. I don't think he has that potential. He doesn't have breakout speed. He doesn't have. Uh, he can't find the holes very well. He he's a good. He would be a good a the best number two option in the league. Um, I don't know. Kenyon Drake I, is the backup for the Raiders right now. Yeah, but I mean, what has he I really li- done? I, I like Miles Gaskin. I I also picked him up in fantasy. Uh, yeah, he did work. <laughs> like them, don't love them. <laughs> hey, All right, Drew, yeah. close this thing out with the Saints. Well, talking about spending the number one draft pick and wasting it. The Saints went out and got Peyton Turner. While he is a athletic freak who, coming out of Houston, you look at it. He led in 2020, led the team with 10 and a half tackles for loss and five sacks in only five games played. And then you oh, this also is a horrible draft. I'm sorry. I just look, <laughs> I'm just looking at it for the first yeah. time. And then you also, Alex, can we get the, the sound bite there? The, uh, you know, because it was a terrible take. <laughs> it was a terrible take. <laughs> and then you also look at the, uh, he has an 84 inch wingspan, which is the largest from a pass rusher since 1999, according to the Houston Chronicle. So that's that's a that's a plus, but you look at them like if you're digging, it's 
pretty it, good. Exactly. But you look at who <laughs> yeah. you already have on the roster. You're returning Cameron Jordan, all pro. You're returning Marcus Davenport, eh, still on the fence about right. it. But then you also signed in free agency Tano have no idea how to la- how to pronounce his last name from Kansas City. Ka- Ka- uh, Tano K. He was a stud for Kansas City last year. Why do we need to go defensive end right there? Then you go look into the second round. Let me get it pulled up here. Pete Werner. Yeah, Pete mm. Werner. I, <laughs> with, with so many other people available, he has athletic ability, but... I don't know if he's a pro linebacker. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to cover some corners, to to cover some tight ends and uh, like bigger wide receivers, but I don't know if he is the answer. He may be able to attack blitzers, but hey, I don't know how much longer he has. Let me pull up the depth chart. He is listed right now as our weak side linebacker starter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the answer. Then you look a little bit later, you get Paulson at a, a Debo. I think that's actually a good pick. We got him six, uh, 76 overall. He's 6'198, a corner. Um, I think he is a really good pick. He walks in, he's a ball hawk, walks in and starts day one as our number two corner. Mm. I think that's what happens. And he ends up, I'm going to go out and say it, he ends up leading the team with interceptions. Okay. The number two guy usually does in that situation. Yeah. When you got a guy like Lattimore as your number one. And then then looking fourth overall, uh, not fourth overall, but our fourth round draft pick, you go and get Ian Book. Yeah, he might have been the best available quarterback at that time. He's very leadership-oriented. I thought it was a good pick. Yeah, it's a it's. I mean, well, it, did you for, feel like you needed a quarterback after you just you're paying Taysom Hill for your 140 million dollars? Yeah, <laughs> paying Taysom Hill, paying Jameis Winston, and then you sign Trevor Simeon. Like, do we need another one? I know you're planning for the future. Know you're doing everything for 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 not the here and now, but do you really like next year's crop of quarterbacks? We may have a higher draft pick. We may. I don't know. There were just so many missed opportunities from this year's draft that there were so many like towards the top. We could have got so many receivers, so many corners that just I don't know where they went. And I I will say this about Ian Book. He was the most winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. He <laughs> won 30 games. Now, you you think of Ian Book, it's a well-known name from from around the uh, around college football, right? He did that in three years. Wow! In three years, three years as a starter, won thirty games. Notre Dame usually plays a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough schedule too. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Notre Dame plays a pretty tough schedule. So it could turn out to be in a to be a really good team, a really good uh, pick with getting him in the fourth round. And like I said in the draft, and and even uh, Atlas can attest to this, we trust. Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton to do what's best for the team. I do you try? I, yeah, I, just, but I just don't see it right now. I think what really screwed you guys over is the fact that y'all were so negative in salary cap that you had no way to prepare. Yeah, or you had. I mean, they were literally like during the off season when free agency started. It was every other every other day. Saints released yeah. blank. Saints released blank. Saints traded blank. It's, I mean, they were, I was at one point, like, they were $51 million in the red. Like, yeah. and oh my goodness. Well, you even, so talking about $51 million in the red, I'm looking at, like, seeing all the, I, I think I even referenced, referenced it in the, in the draft. I was talking about how everything was going and how the Saints might trade up. And there's been just talk of, of the Saints trading up. Well, came out two, two hours before the show. Sean Payton said the Saints tried to trade up into the top 10 for J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain. Yeah, there was know. actually a video I'm, of them, of him, Mickey Loomis, uh, basically calling Denver, and they were like, hey, what can we do for the number nine pick? And then on the other side, Denver goes, hey, I got to let you go. Someone's going to make me a better offer. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I even with even with trading up into the top 10, who do we have to release to sign them? 
Right. Yeah. Like, or, or what can you give up? Because, you know, these contracts are so back, back loaded. Yeah. That, or it's one of those, they, they're very sign on bonus heavy, or it's, you know, they basically, if they trade them, then it goes against the Saints cap. There was, there was nothing the Saints could have done to go up for Denver to, and it would basically Denver would lose the trade. They're not, they weren't going to trade with Carolina. Carolina wasn't going to trade the Saints because yeah. division rivals don't trade with each other, right? Right, NFC East, they, <laughs> they don't. So, I mean, it just doesn't happen. It'd be, it'd be like Bill Belichick calling Miami, like, hey, can we take the sixth overall pick? Miami would hang that phone up and be like, "Yeah, no, this is not happening, Bill. We're not letting you do this again." I guess it's one thing if it's like the seventh round or something, but not the tenth overall pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't. Like I said, I trust Mickey Loomis. I trust Sean Payton. I trust our scouts because of what we've done the past couple of years. But I just don't see it right now. Well, we're about to find out how good they really are. We have a long season coming up, guys. We have a lot more coverage going on. Uh, Nick will be back with us next week. We look forward to seeing you guys again then. Uh, go listen to our Janoris Robinson interview once again. Just want to plug that uh, incredible interview. It's available on Spotify um, in an edited version, and the full version will be available on our YouTube page. Go check it out. We thank you guys for listening. Like us, subscribe, follow, share everything you can, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.